What we do know is that Jobs often sacrificed his family to achieve success in business. At one point, he went so far as to deny that he was the legitimate father of his daughter, Lisa, surprising on many levels, especially given that Jobs was an adopted child himself. Welcome to the Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kwama. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Thank you for joining us here today. As many of you listeners know, we've been giving away my free book. It's out. It's on sale at Amazon. It's called The Focus Project. But J.K. Rowling, what she did is she gave her book away for free via snippets, the audible version of the book, that is, for free on her podcast. So I thought that was a great idea, and we're doing the same thing. Obviously, on Amazon, if you like listening to this, you can go and get the full uninterrupted version of the Audible version of the, the Focus Project, or you can get the paperback or the Kindle. Anyways, just want to say thank you for all the support. We love you. I hope that you are doing well. Uh, but without further ado, today's snippet is coming from Chapter 3, which is Family and Friends. So I hope you enjoy listening and stay safe. Chapter 3, Family and Friends. The year is 1930. World-renowned economist John Maynard Keynes begins to write an essay that will become widely read. He didn't know it then, but almost 100 years later, his essay still stirs controversy. Despite Keynes' brilliance, his economic possibilities for our grandchildren is still discussed because it turned out to be wildly wrong. In his essay, Keynes predicts, due to advances in technology, that his grandchildren, by the time they become fully grown, will be working roughly 15 hours a week. How inaccurate was Keene's? He had neither children nor grandchildren. Keene's sisters did have grandchildren, including Nicholas Humphrey, a professor. Humphrey estimates that he worked closer to 15 hours per day, a whopping 75 hours per week, a far cry from 15 hours per week. Another sister's grandchild, Susanna Byrne, a self-employed psychotherapist, estimates that she works around 50 hours per week and admits finding it difficult to take time off. Most can relate to Nicholas and Susanna. Long working hours are so common that social media hashtags like hashtag never not working are often trending. Full-time American workers work an average of 47 hours per week, an hour and a half more than a decade ago. Alarmingly, nearly 4 in 10 workers are working over 50 hours per week. These long hours often result in less family time. The previous month taught me how to schedule like a cowboy. A big eureka moment this month was realizing I needed to schedule like a cowboy in both my professional and personal life. Author Tim Urban calculated that 80% of the time we spend with our family occurs before we are 18. This was a sharp reminder to me that the time I had with my daughters was right now. If we don't prioritize quality time with our family and loved ones, then it will not exist. Our attitude of wanting to have more quality time with our family and friends is simply not good enough. We need to transform this into must-have time and appropriately fence it off. Specifically, when we say, I must set aside time for my family, we are saying that we must ruthlessly protect time for our loved ones. The rule of 52. 
My hands were shaking as I boarded the plane. The flight attendant asked if I was okay. What I wanted to scream was, no, I'm not okay. I just want to sit down. The airport security machine broke and it took three hours. Ridiculous. Who runs an airport like this? I missed my first two flights because of this. I don't think I'm going to arrive on time to be on stage. But of course I didn't scream such things. They simply were a wrecking ball inside my head. I did feel as if I might collapse, a new experience for me. In college, I'd endured Coach Tom Izzo's historically challenging practices. If I could make it through those, how could this be taking me down? Yet, here I was at my wit's end. Uh, May I please have some water? I croaked. I could hear that my voice was off. It, It had a shaky quality to it. It was cracking. I was literally cracking up. Making it to my seat, I was physically shaking and mentally shaken. It turns out, despite my superhero name of Equal Man, I'm not indestructible. I'd performed in front of hundreds of thousands of people, and while I'd used adrenaline, stress, and nerves as tools for peak performance, I'd never been pushed to the edge, to the edge of a mental breakdown, until right now. Doing a 24-city book signing and speaking tour for a Fortune 500 company over a five-week period was starting to take its toll. We had two young daughters at home. It was the holidays, and we just started our animation company. On top of this, the publishing deadline for my next book was nearing. In sum, it was a classic case of me not respecting my capacity. Perhaps you can relate. I was literally breaking down. Yet, I realized this was an opportunity for a breakthrough, not a breakdown. How did I arrive in this land of overload? How can I prevent it in the future? Being a big believer in the concept that things happen for you, not to you, this experience led to my 52-night rule, a rule we track as our number one KPI, or key performance indicator. From a short-term viewpoint, this rule costs the business revenue. Yes, it costs the company revenue in the short term. But from a long-term perspective, it is invaluable across all fronts, including revenue, and most importantly, fulfillment. In the short term, we may lose a battle, but in the long run, we are winning the war. The rule, a maximum of 52 nights per year away from my family, protecting at all costs what matters most. My hope is that you can learn from my experience by placing guardrails in your life to protect what is important. What is your equivalent of the 52 night rule? Do what we want, not what we think we should do. To avoid lines at Disney, one has the ability to sign up for three fast passes. These passes are the equivalent of the Willy Wonka golden ticket, allowing you to skip waiting two to three hours in line. My family found ourselves with one fast pass remaining. We checked the current ride wait times. The Jungle Cruise wait was 70 minutes, whereas the Barnstormer roller coaster and Winnie the Pooh ride Each had 10-minute waits. My kids highly prefer both the Barnstormer and Winnie the Pooh ride over the Jungle Cruise. But my wife and I were conflicted. It seemed like such a waste of our last fast pass if we didn't take the one with the most value in regards to actual waiting time, which was 70 minutes for the Jungle Cruise. But when we asked our kids, their answer was a resounding, Barnstormer! It's enlightening how often kids make better decisions than adults. Even though the rest of the Disney attendees valued the Jungle Cruise enough to wait 70 minutes, it didn't matter. It wasn't something my daughters valued. 
If the lines were equally long, my kids would pick Barnstormer over the Jungle Cruise. In this case, the Barnstormer line was seven times shorter. It was really a simple decision that we as parents had made complex. If we hadn't asked the children, we would have made the wrong decision. One key aspect of focus is doing what we really want to do, not what we think we should do, or what others are doing, or what others value. Often this is difficult, especially for us identifying as chameleons, because it might be the opinion of someone we respect, such as a parent, brother, or mentor. But we need to remind ourselves that it's about what we value and what brings us joy. Steve Jobs' last words. At the age of 56, Steve Jobs died a billionaire. Close family members say that his dying words were, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Whether he penned an essay during the days leading up to his death is probably unlikely, but it's still being debated. What we do know is that Jobs often sacrificed his family to achieve success in business. At one point, he went so far as to deny that he was the legitimate father of his daughter, Lisa, surprising on many levels, especially given that Jobs was an adopted child himself. The following is thought to be the essay Jobs wrote in his last days. While its authenticity might be disputed, the power of it cannot be. Here's the essay. I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In others' eyes, my life is the epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, my wealth is only a fact of life that I'm accustomed to. At the moment, lying on my bed and recalling my life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of my death. You can employ someone to drive the car for you, make money for you, but you cannot have someone bear your sickness for you. Material things lost can be found or replaced. But there is one thing that can never be found when it's lost, life. Whichever stage in life you're in right now, with time, you'll face the day when the curtain falls. Treasure love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends. Treat yourself well and cherish others. As we grow older and hopefully wiser, we realize that a $3,000 or a $30 watch both tell the same time. You will realize that your true inner happiness does not come from the material things in the world. Whether you fly first class or economy, if the plane goes down, you go down with it. Therefore, I hope you realize, when you have mates, buddies, and old friends, brothers, and sisters, who you chat with, laugh with, talk with, sing with, talk about north, south, east, west, or heaven and earth, that is true happiness. Don't educate your children to be rich. Educate them to be happy. So when they grow up, they will know the value of things and not the price. Eat your food as your medicine. Otherwise, you'll have to eat medicine as your food. The one who loves you will never leave you for another because even if there are a hundred reasons to give up, he or she will find a reason to hold on. There's a big difference between a human being and being human. Only a few really understand it. You're loved when you are born. You'll be loved when you die. In between, you have to manage. The six best doctors in the world are sunlight, rest, exercise, diet, self-confidence, and friends. Maintain them at all stages and enjoy a healthy life. My hope is these words inspire you to a great day and a great week. Thank you so much for listening to the Super You Podcast. This is Eric Qualman. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. 
If you enjoyed listening to this snippet of the book, The Focus Project, please, it'd mean the world to me. Go check it out on Amazon. Get it for a friend, someone that you haven't been able to physically meet with because of quarantine. Send it to him or her just with a quick note that says, you know, I'm thinking about you. Uh, Our relationship matters. So again, it's not about what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super you.